0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of When Women Speak, and I am your host, Shirley Kay. When Women Speak is sponsored by Life on Power Enterprises and the brand, What If She Knew She Was Powerful, a global consulting leadership development and women empowerment brand. Our guest today is Natasha Grimes. Natasha has a bachelor's degree in education and a master's degree in human resources, training and development. And Natasha is a certified personality trainer, and she's been teaching about the personality so long that her family, they described each other based on their personality traits. Natasha is a speaker. She's a corporate leader, and she has spent also over 10 years as an elementary classroom teacher. Natasha has served as a personal mentor and professional development coach for numerous growth-minded individuals over the years. She helps them learn more about their unique DNA, that's their distinguishable, distinct natural abilities, which is their personalities and how they're wired. So if you wanna know more about how you can leverage your personality to meet your professional goals or how to better interact and communicate with people from who are different than you is Natasha (laughs) Natasha thank you so much for joining us welcome
1: to the show thank you thank you for having me Shirley really excited to be here we appreciate um, getting
0: extracting all of this good stuff you were going to be talking about (laughs) today I was absolutely intrigued to learn that you are a certified personality coach uh, we hear DISC and we hear Myers-Briggs and we have EQ. and We have all different types of assessments and certifications, et cetera. But I was really excited to hear personality coach. What, what happened and how did you even come across becoming a certified personality coach?
1: Yeah, well, so it's, it's kind of really interesting for me. It was about 15 years ago I started reading books on personality and then really saw myself in what I was reading, saw my family in what I was reading. And it was not even that I had given them a personality test, right? Most of the time we have these assessments and tests and we get a label and we walk away. But this tool, what I use and what I was shared um, with, it really told me who I was without me ever taking a test. But then I saw how I could immediately implement and apply it to my life. And then it was really a game changer. At that time I was a classroom teacher I immediately began to see how I could use this with my students like, wow, now I understand why their behavior is this way. So it really gave a why behind the behaviors. It gave a why behind the communication style, the emotional needs without me ever even having to give a formal assessment. And so from there, when I realized that there was a certification opportunity, I jumped on it because I, you know, the teacher in me, because that's who I am, that's my calling. Um, even without the title of teacher, that's still what I do. I wanted everybody to learn. I wanted to be able to have the credentials to say, look, I've mastered this, I know this, I'm telling you it's gonna help you. Um, and so that's kind of how it all started. It started with me just reading books Then finding that there was an opportunity for me to get certified in this tool and um, the rest is history because it allows me to use visible cues and not just an assessment or a test, which, you know, that's fine. But we don't want to just walk away with labels because it's not about a label. It's about growth and relationships
0: growth in relationships now we promise you for the when women speak series that our guests are the perfect guests for the conversations that we're going to have and so i don't know about you but what you've heard so far from natasha i'm excited to hear about her insight when it comes to amplifying the voices of women natasha what
1: does it mean for you when you hear the statement find her voice yeah so for me it starts with The authentic self, the authentic DNA, who I am, because who you are as a person, as a woman first, but also as a person, actually both together, it's going to really determine what your voice sounds like. So when Mm -hmm. I realize what my personality is like, when I realize who I am, then I'm speaking from a place of knowing that this is part of just the Natasha that you're hearing. Right. So sometimes we don't realize our value, what we bring. We look at other people and we're like, wow, they've got this amazing personality. I wish I was more like them. Well, that's their voice. And when I hear when women speak, if women understand their voice based on the combination of who they are, their DNA, their wiring, because you're wired for whatever that thing is you're going to do that no one else can do but you you then realize the impact and influence that you have. But you first have to locate you. Sometimes we don't have a voice or women don't know their voice because they haven't taken time to really do that self-awareness, self-examination of locating me. But when you do, wow, that authentic self as a woman showing up, you put those two together, you have so much to say, so much to share, so much influence, but you have to first, I think, find who you are, that I think for me, that's been critical and key is that I'm speaking from a place of truly understanding who I am and not who I want to be. So finding your voice first, I believe, starts with finding you. Who I am versus who I want to be. Natasha talked about that you
0: have, we have, the D, we have a DNA to our voice, but first we have to locate ourselves. Who we are Versus who we want to be, because let's be clear, it's okay to want to be, because that's why we create goals, right? And we have some strategy aligned with those goals. on, you know what we want to do in the next three, five, seven years, etc. But who I am, but I start with who I am first. Yes. So I start with my value first. Yes. And starting with my value first then gives me insight and accessibility to my DNA.
1: That's what I heard you say, Natasha. Yeah, yeah. And and let me um, just even add to that, like with the who I am and who I want to be, I'm a very growth-minded person. So I don't believe you can truly grow to be the best version of yourself until you understand who you are right here. Like first you gotta locate you and then we'll grow to that. But then sometimes we want to compare ourselves because we want our voice to look and sound like someone else. So when I'm saying who we want to be, make sure it's who you want to be as the best version of you and not a duplicate or counterfeit version of somebody else. There you go. Yeah. And that is why I, you people have heard me say,
0: my audience have heard me say consistently that um, um imposter syndrome is something I don't apply to because I'm not impersonating myself. But if you don't know exactly who you are and you haven't located you yet, yeah. Then that's when you feel like you're impersonating someone else because you haven't yet located you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't walk into the room confidently if you don't know who you are. Like that imposter syndrome, like you said, I I don't really identify with that. Um, I think part of it is because of my personality. Pretty confident person have always been that way Um, since I was a child. Probably my family would say she was confident when she shouldn't have been because she may or may not have known what she was talking about, but she believed she did. But when you when you recognize who you are what you bring to the table you then you aren't worried about what other people think you're not worried about how you uh, compare or stack up to someone else and as women if we all collectively find our voice find that authentic self i mean we are a force a force to be reckoned with anyway yes. just imagine yes. if we all walk in that room confidently knowing this is who i am this is what i bring to the table yeah
0: and that's how we really continue to shatter and crush the glass, the, the glass ceilings that we keep talking about um, because if we leave, if we mentor and sponsor someone else. And when we leave that room, if there are two more coming up behind us that we sponsored and mentor, then that's how that glass ceiling begins to disintegrate. And we no longer have to crash and crush it. Wonderful conversation so far, man, we just started Natasha. <laughs> Yes. So, Natasha, you know, although we're here and there's a lot of things that we've learned and we've have, um, we we have access to, but all of us have had those experiences, well we were voiceless. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about an experience where, whereas you had a voiceless experience?
1: Yeah, and so ironically, oftentimes, you know people have their voiceless experience, or especially women, within the workplace or a corporate setting, that's not where my voiceless experience was. Um, honestly, the, the places that I've worked, I've been blessed to be in organizations and companies. And even when I was a teacher, they saw me um, as valuable and they valued what I brought to the table. But my voiceless experience was when I was in college, I was a junior. And um, my husband, who is my husband now, but at that time we were dating, been together for quite a while. I found out that I was pregnant in college um, as a junior. And Mm -hmm. so we ended up getting married um, and having my daughter. But the shame that I felt, because I was that person from the small rural town who made it to college, nobody else in the family had done that. I had achieved something that was kind of almost unheard of um, for where I grew up. Um, Financially wasn't even something that we thought my parents would be able to do. I just kind of figured it out. So when that happened, I felt shame. I felt like, wow, you know, now the only thing I shouldn't say the only thing, but my role now is to be a wife and mother and I have messed up so I can no longer be a role model to other women. And whereas before I was, you know, helping other uh, young people in the community in my small county, you can go to college, you can do this. I had always been the one who was aspiring for greater, like I just believed I was supposed to do so much. But when that happened, I just found myself becoming a shell of who I was, probably for about two or three years, because I was at home, I was taking care of my daughter, which was a very important job. But as, you know, someone who was young, you thought it was going to look one way to be in college, graduate, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I didn't accomplish it in that time frame. Now, fast forward, we can see the degrees and and all of that. But during that time, um, I lost my voice. I thought that my my life was almost over. Like, it was that, that moment where I thought, I can't say anything to anybody else. Who am I to share um, that you should be able to do this in school and go to college? because I I had messed up in my mind. I had messed up to a point where I I no longer had a right to try to motivate or help anyone else. But I realized that you know now that that was just part of my journey, part of my story, and how really I could then share. Um, the the overcoming of that and how I did go back and get my degree and, you know, driving an hour and a half to get to school one way. Like, so my voice became even more amplified after yeah. that because of that experience. But during that experience, it was, you, you really don't have anything to share or say anymore. Yeah. Wow. So when your reality doesn't
0: line up with your plan, mm. and I think we can be very hard on ourselves Because, you know, where you you end up being the first here, you said the first from your town, one of the first, well, this is the first from your, where you live the first, when you're talking about corporate America, the first in a family that's in the big city. Once Mm -hmm. we get to that first, the pressure to be perfect in that first, it can Mm -hmm. be literally just, it can crush us. Yeah. And how we know it can crush us is your response to. Mm to To be having a child, yeah. And, and you were in college, you had made
1: it, and you had forgotten all about that. I got there, right? Yeah. And that I got this. none part. of that mattered. None of that mattered anymore. It was all I could see was in that moment. And it's interesting you bring up the the first, but also you know, the perfectionist part, like part of who I am, I'm, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. I realized perfectionism is, you know, it puts you in a prison. You, you can't really do anything if you think you have to do it perfectly. But I thought this was the way that everything was supposed to line up. And when it did not go according to my plan, because I'm still a planner, I'm still very much, you know, driven and, and goal oriented. I want to accomplish this, that, and the other. I didn't see in that time how any of that was going to work. You know, we were both young. We were, you know, my husband had just graduated college. We, he had a job. We had, you know, this child coming. It was just like, my world had had just changed right before my eyes. But how many women have that same story, right? How many other women, you know, in college, whatever season of your life, it may not have gone according to your plan. You may have made choices or or whatever, and things kind of got derailed. But if you don't, See that? Guess what? This is just a moment. It can leave you voiceless and feeling powerless, almost. And it is just a moment. You know, I have um, quite a few
0: uh, mentees that contact me often, and the, the, the majority of the conversations are talking about are talking about experiences, um, whether they're in the workplace or they're in college, or you know, they're in the middle of their career and they're really trying to get to this next level. But we talk about reframing a lot. Mm -hmm. So so that that you should have goals on paper. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to have a growth mindset, which means that you're driven. That's supposed to happen. But that growth mindset also propels us to reframe sometimes. And that means that this path didn't quite. I'm not quite there at this date in this time. But what else is there along this path that can propel me to still get to the same destination? Where is it? And what is it? So yeah. you talked about reframing in such a, a beautiful, using beautiful methods and how you did it that, you know, it reminded me that that's what we're doing all the time. We'll
1: reframe yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Our and it do not mean that we we can't take another route. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say. And so it's interesting you use the word reframe and taking another route. So that was even kind of when I transitioned from being in education. I knew that I wanted to do something else. And sometimes people feel, um, you know, that they're leaving the, the noble profession of teaching and you're, you know, how dare you? And not realizing that educators and teachers, especially women in education, we have other things we want to do. That doesn't mean we still don't have a heart for that. So I reframed really not just from that experience, but then to take the next step, okay, I want to do something outside of education. I'm still a teacher. No matter what I do, where I go, I'm still teaching. Um, but that reframing, it's going to happen throughout our lifetime. So that growth mindset, the thought process for women to think that, you know, I can do more. I hope that they hear that because, or do something different. It's okay to want to do something different. I need different challenges. So for me, I, I wanted to do something outside of education and then when I got this role um you know within one company okay well now I want to do this well now I want to do that and it's okay it's okay man natasha said for the people in the back is it okay <laughs> to what? what is it okay to do Look, Look, it's okay. to do something different to want to make you know changes you know on my team um currently i do have um a team that reports me with my my job that i have um outside of my business and i'm always talking to them about what's your next if i'm going to be your leader i don't want to just keep you right here in this position like let's talk about it and so bringing even the voice to the workplace from uh, my experience as an educator because oftentimes we don't. Some of the teachers we're some of the um, most humble people <laughs> for whatever reason and and don't have the confidence outside of the classroom. Um, but I even take that experience with me to say, you know what, my path to where I am in this organization, it didn't look like everybody else's. I don't have 20 years in the insurance industry, but look <laughs> where I am. So you can do it, too. You can reframe it. You can you know what, however you want to call it. You can take a path to get to where you want and it doesn't have to look like everybody else. And it's OK.
0: Absolutely, man. Woo, We are having some good combo here. <laughs> this is exactly what when Women Speak series is absolutely about taking a different perspective and insights from all of our guests and making sure that it works for you, that one person that's mm-hmm. listening to the show. Natasha, why should the voices of women and their values matter? Why should that
1: matter? Gosh, because we bring such a unique perspective. You know, most of the time when we are in certain settings, it is really honestly a male-dominated um, setting. You know, we, we bring our unique experiences from um, whether it's motherhood, whether it's different things for our, from our bodies, and we want to have the voice for those things ourselves. I think about what I do for uh, my profession with my company. We do a lot of uh, management of leave plans and paid parental and, and all of those things and I just think about who, who made the decision whether this company would or would not have this available. It doesn't matter to you, maybe because you're not a woman, but if you are a woman and you need maternity leave or, or um, you know, however much time to bond, what happens when we're not at the table? So I think um, our voices matter because we bring perspectives that are very unique, we And if we talk about, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion, that's not just cultural, right? That's not just race. We need the women at the table because there are things that we're going to bring the value um, around whatever that subject matter is. And it's unique, right? Because some of our perspectives can only come from the woman. And you can speak on my behalf and try to have, you know, some understanding and you can, you know, if you take the time to do the work to learn. Um, But there are some things I need to say on my own behalf. Um, So I think for women, our voices matter so much because we don't want decisions made about us and for us. And we're not a part of it. We need to be a part of those conversations and show up unapologetically and saying, yes, you know, this is what I need, or this is what, you know, will work for me, or this is what I want to do and it should be okay. But I think sometimes we undervalue what we bring, but it's so important um, that we bring our perspective because it's needed.
0: Absolutely. And studies have shown um, over and over again that having diverse talent at that table, including the voices of women, impact the financial bottom line. Because let's be clear, as we talk about amplifying the voices of women and while the but values and voices of women matter. You no, know, there are there are individuals. They're looking at the bottom line because if we're mm-hmm. not making that bottom line, then how do we stay afloat? Get it. Got it. I've mm-hmm. been on that boat and I know exactly what you're talking about. How mm-hmm. do you do that? You have distinct and diverse voices at the table. It is shown over and over again. That, that bottom line is increased more, I think by 30% more for companies mm-hmm. that have um, a diverse talent at the table that includes women, the voices of women in that talent. Our perspectives are just different. Absolutely. And, and there is no discussion around that. It is, our perspectives are different. Absolutely, Natasha, <laughs> thank you for offering that information. And when I talk about voices and values, um, I remember what I, I remember when I was having this conversation with just some colleagues about voices and values. And the question is, why why would you talk about values? Not that they, you know, were supporting values or not, um, but because our perspectives are different. So our values are going to be different. That's why it's important not to just talk about our voices,
1: but the values that we bring to that table, to that table as well, in that environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, we definitely we bring a unique um, perspective. We bring values that may or may not align with someone else. So that means we need to bring it in the room. Um, but hopefully, you know, if you're watching, um, you know, I know for me, the company, like I said, that I work for currently and some of the other organizations I've been with, I've been thankful that they've allowed me to be the voice, um, you know, for some who may not want to speak up. So when I am in the table, if you give me a seat, if I, if I bring the table with me or if I'm sitting at it, <laughs> however you want to um, call it, I'm going to speak up. And so not everyone is comfortable doing that, but it's needed. And it's so, so valuable because I think about the ones who are potentially in a room. And they don't feel confident enough to speak up. So it's needed because the value we bring, it may or may not be heard depending on the woman that's in the room. So sometimes as a woman, you need to just make sure just sometimes you're speaking on behalf of not just you, but others, um, because they, they need their voice heard. And they may not be in a place where they're strong enough to bring their voice um, the way that you may show up. And you said something a few minutes
0: ago that was critical and what you do and managing your know, lead programs for organizations. And you think to yourself, well, who made the decision that she that a, that a woman needs this amount of time for maternity yeah. leave? or they yes. don't need maternity leave. You know, that's important. That I mean, mm-hmm. if we just delivered a whole baby. That's yeah, right. <laughs> like, nobody knows that if you had not done that, or you have a friend that has done that, but but having that voice and that perspective of, I know exactly what's needed in, mm-hmm. in the leave program that includes maternity leave. That includes right. paternity leave as
1: well. Yes, yeah, for, absolutely. For our, mm-hmm. And there should be some pay or, you know, what are those things? Because as a woman or, you know, like you said, thankfully now they are giving paternity leave and bonding time. Um, But what about when you feel pressed to go back because you're not getting paid? So I may get the time off, but it's not paid. So all of those things matter and they especially impact women because oftentimes we're the ones who, you know, typically have been expected to stay home um, with the child if, you know, after the baby is born. Um, Well, what if it is that I need additional time? Because also we do need to bond. We do need to have that that opportunity. But if no one is at the table advocating um, Mm -hmm. for that, then what happens? So I think the voice is so important um, to have that perspective. And thankfully, I am seeing more and more companies um, do better about that. I know that's not necessarily the conversation today, but I am Mm -hmm. seeing that. And I believe it's because women are speaking up women are at the table helping to make those decisions. So I am seeing more organizations um, change their company plans and add additional leave time or paid time off. Um, even though as an, com- uh, as a country, we may not, I do see co- uh, companies stepping up and doing that.
0: Well, that's good to know. There are members of our audience that would have loved to hear that. <clears throat> that includes amplifying the voices of women, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Natasha, the statement leaving with your voice, it can convey various meanings but what does that phrase leaving with your voice convey for you
1: yeah so for me when leaving with my voice means if i'm in that place and i have an assignment or i am speaking i then not only leave the voice of whatever it is that i said that hopefully was impactful but my voice is going to go with me to the next place that i go that i'm not going to just have it in this space but i take it to the next space um my purpose whatever it is my assignment is that thing that i'm doing my experiences my situation my you know my story when i leave that leaves with me but i've also hopefully left a footprints where i was right um i see it as leaving impact wherever i am my dna my natasha like i showed up and you heard me And so I leave my voice with those people or that organization or with that woman, but I also leave with it. I take it with me wherever I go, because wherever I go, wherever Natasha goes, her voice is with her as well. Um, And so it's, it's unique to me because only my voice can be my voice, right? I can sound maybe like someone else. We have commonalities, we have shared values, but I leave with my voice. I'm not leaving with someone else's. I might take some perspectives from them. Um, I may learn some things and hopefully I will because, you know, lifelong learner here, I believe in that. But when I leave my voice goes with me, but at the same time, I've left part of my voice, hopefully to have an impact wherever I was, but now I'm leaving and I'm taking it to the next place because wherever I go, Natasha's voice has to show up too. I love that question because (laughs) our guests have all different perspectives of that
0: question. And I love your answer, Natasha, be impactful enough so that when you lead physically there are remnants of your voice left behind
1: absolutely right? be absolutely. just that impactful while you are there absolutely because sometimes you don't know who that one person is in that audience that needs to hear your story i used to and you know i'll, I'll be honest when we talk about the the voiceless question Yes. I didn't share that story very often. It's only become recent that I've shared my college experience story. But then when I shared it, I think a few months ago, I realized that I wasn't the only one. And the young lady, she she literally called me and said, could you mentor me? Because I, too, had that experience. And so when I think about leaving with my voice, I left that particular group, right, and I, I left that story there And it impacted her so. But guess what? I'm leaving with that story once again, because someone else, that college student or that young professional may need to hear whatever that thing is that I just shared.
0: It's important that we share not just our wins, but we share struggles. Yeah. Because our wins, someone sees I can do that too. But when you add your struggles with it, I can do that in spite of is what they hear and see then. Not just, I can do it, I can too do it in spite mm-hmm. of. Um, and, and that's important because that's how we get more women to be impactful with their voices, to share yeah. really our struggles as well. Because yeah. if all these our are wins, then it looks like I need to get to the, a, a perfected place when right. they don't even know <laughs> there was nothing perfect about
1: me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. If I told you the whole story, you would see that I'm not telling you it's easy, but I'm telling you it's possible, right? Absolutely. You can do the same thing, you know, but you you have to share the story sometimes. I think oftentimes as women, um, we don't share maybe enough of our stories. And I know I've been guilty of that. It's really been more recent that Um, I'll share in certain settings. I'll share this for, you know, to grow or to teach you something, but not my own necessarily, my personal story. I don't necessarily always do that. And so to start sharing the personal stories, but like you said, not just the wins, but here's the losses. not just my strengths, but here's my weaknesses because this Mm -hmm. personality right here is not perfect. (laughs) There's some areas (laughs) of growth and development here as well. (laughs) Listen, you just know what your
0: personality is, but it's definitely not perfect absolutely natasha
1: what are some last words you have for the viewers i would say be confident in your voice don't try to duplicate someone else's know that your voice shows up in that room and it makes a difference you bring value you bring a fresh perspective but in order to know your voice make sure you know yourself because my voice is as confident as it is because I know who I am. So if you can take the time to do the work to understand your natural voice, your authentic self, locate you there and grow to become the best version of yourself, but then show up in whatever space you have and share that. And you will do it so much more confidently if you've taken the time to do the self-evaluation to know this is who I am and this is how I show up. Yes, I'm still working on some things, but look, let me, let me share this with you. So take the time to do the work, to learn you, grow you, and then use your voice. Use your voice. Don't try to be anybody else. You know, Shirley is amazing, but I can't be Shirley. I can learn from her. So if we are not intimidated by what we see with others, um, you know, understanding that you are you, you are uniquely you, and take that voice with you wherever you go. I like the sequence that you use. Learn you, grow
0: you, use your voice. So she put use your voice first, learn you, grow you and and use your voice. Yeah. Wonderful last words from you, Natasha. This is another episode of When Women Speak with our guest, Natasha Grimes. Natasha, how does someone reach you? How do
1: they contact you? They can find me on Instagram at Ascension Solutions. I'm on Facebook at Ascension Solutions Consulting Group. My website is Ascension Solutions Consulting Group. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as Natasha Grimes, Um, but definitely Ascension Solutions. If you put that in, you'll find me on Instagram, Facebook and on my website. I think it's going to be value that you find, Natasha.
0: You connect with Natasha and you engage with Natasha. This is another episode of When Women Speak sponsored by Life on Power Enterprises and the brand, What If She Knew She Was Powerful.